Section86.com. We're changing the world of podcasting one show at a time. 86 Productions. The best podcast providing the most in-depth insight and analysis into the world of professional wrestling. On today's show, we have Aaron, Roger, and Doug Detroit and Andrew to discuss this month's view from the turnbuckle. All right, let's talk about releases. We got a bunch of them. We had the Iconics, Mickey James, uh, Chelsea Green, uh, Tucker, um, Mojo, uh, Aaron. I mean, like I'm missing a couple, but who else we got? Yeah, uh, Bo Dallas and Samojo. I think you know, really, the biggest one, uh, and this is the like, what if or. What are you thinking? Is Samoa Joe? I, I like I. Out of all these, I get like like I hundred percent understand. There's somewhere you're like, ah, that probably was dumb. You shouldn't have broke up heavy machinery. Or there's ones where you're like, yeah, they just weren't using them. I understand. But like Samoa Joe was doing your announce work, and he brought legitimacy to it. He is an excellent wrestler, and I think back to like his match against Brock Lesnar, where I mean, you know, he it was it was a very very good match. It was a good like hoss fight. And I like I don't understand why he wasn't in the ring. You know, that's kind of weird to me. But like, why would you let him out of all those people go like that? There's that one of these things is not like the other. And that one is easily it for me. And, and Roger, were, were there any of the lists so far that I've just surpri- surprised you besides Samoa Joe? I wouldn't say I'm surprised. Samoa Joe's the one that caught me off guard because I thought like that's a guy when he gets healthy, that should be a staple of your mid card. I, you kind of knew with the Iconics when they broke them up and then stuck them in bad tag teams, they were probably, you know, it was done for. Billy Kay shocked me a little bit because I thought they had a good thing going with her resume story. Um, Chelsea Green they had high hopes for. I remember they paired her with Charlotte for a moment and then she got hurt and went away. We knew Tucker was done for when they broke up Heavy Machinery and then he flat out lost to Ricochet. Um, Mojo Raleigh, I don't even think that I can remember the last time he had an uh, angle. I think he stared at a mirror two years ago. Honestly, I didn't know Bo Dallas was still with the company. I thought he got released last year. So, sucks again. Probably shouldn't have broke up him and Curtis Axel. There's a current theme here. Don't break up tag teams if you don't have a plan for them. Just let them stay as a tag team. That's exactly what I was about to say. Um, I think Mojo got released because Gronk went back to the NFL. (laughs) You know, that's the only reason why that he was still with WWE is because he had ties with Gronk. And Gronk was like, yeah, I want to hang out with Mojo. Now they're like, yeah, he's going to probably get another couple more Super Bowls. We'll bring you back then. (laughs) So are you saying that Mojo is going to sign with the Bucks? Ooh. You know what? Actually... Uh, this is kind of going deep. If he signed with M, well, I guess if he signed with MLW, that wouldn't count. Anyways, um, but yeah, so, but yeah, I, I mean, like, I'm still surprised about some of these releases. I mean, especially with like Veltine, you know. Um, but also, I mean, now that I've heard recently what happened, that makes more sense. Um, but yeah, uh, Alexander Wolf, uh, he d- is that right? I thought he was just leaving. So Wolf's contract expired is what I read on Twitter, I think, from him. He said his contract was just – yeah, his contract is expiring soon. They decided – they told him he's not coming back. A bit odd on the timing because they did seem like they were building up a feud with um, him versus Imperium. Imperium had just turned on him as of Tuesday. Um, So that um, kind of – breakup was a bit surprising velveteen i think he kind of knew it was coming sooner or later just too many bad moves right look he's got potential beyond what we could probably describe you know if josh gordon were a wwe wrestler it would be velveteen dream the guy has uber talent but he just cannot get out of his own way he constantly makes mistakes and words truth be told look good referees fantastic much like a good punter in football know your place you're really not that valuable and Honestly, if you're going to cause trouble, referees are easily replaceable. And he caused trouble, time to go. Just is how it is. And and to point out the thing with the referee, it's very hard. I would almost say that it's hard to lose your job because you're doing other things besides the refereeing. And the fact that he just wanted to voice this and voice this, it was just sad that he he just couldn't hold it in for, you know, you know, that moment or whatever, but and voicing it in uniform. I think if he had done it on his own time, not wearing the NXT referee shirt, it might have been a different discussion. But if you're going to be a representative of the company, you're going to be held responsible. And he did. 
Yeah. And they're a publicly traded company. I mean, that's the biggest yeah. thing is, you know, you don't want to have you, you don't want to bring negative attention, you know, even and especially like it's it's wrestling and yeah. you know, has like <laughs> the dark side of the ring. You know, I mean, there's there's already negative attention going towards wrestling. So it's not a it's not a good thing to bring even additional negative uh, attention to it, like in any way, you know. And so like that's the thing, like I think was just. Silly. I, uh, Roger, uh, just real quick, I want to expand upon uh, the thing with Velveteen Dream. And, you know, I, it was funny before we even started recording, I was saying like, you know, yeah, he did some shady stuff, but there's that like, you know, he, maybe he can be like redeemed in some capacity. But then, you know, you start going in some additional things and you just go like, you know what, like I, you're going to need a long stint of like not rehab, uh, uh, you know, your actual like character rehab, essentially. Like you need to go on an apology tour. You need the Lex Express, but like mm-hmm. the Dream Express to go city to city and apologize to as many people as possible because and it sucks, too, because that like Velveteen Dream, the amount of charisma that he has. He was very good in the ring. He's not like the best, but he was very good in the ring. He has he had memorable moments, which is really important. You know, the thing with Ricochet that like sticks out to me, like, you know, when Ricochet does the big like flip over and Dream is just like, whoa, you know, like you need two people for that. What Ricochet did, obviously amazing What Dream, you know, like uh, his, his part in that. And it's yeah, really- Black Feud was exactly. unbelievably great. Mm-hmm. Like Dream is, um, yeah, th- I mean, yeah, that one was like, say my name, you know, sort of thing, right? Like that was so, like that NXT like was amazing. That was must see. And to have somebody just like mess it up that bad, it's, I mean, like, I think that you said it as, as perfect as possible. I mean, like anyone that watches football, Josh Gordon was so talented and he threw it all away and has continued to throw it away. And Dream, I don't, I, I really hope that he does come back. I hope he comes back a better person. I don't know if he finds a religion or he finds money. I don't care. He needs to find something and become a better person, I think. DDP yoga. <laughs> I got a question for you guys before we move on. Who do you believe right now is more radioactive in the business, Velveteen Dream or Tessa Blanchard? Hulk Hogan. I, I'd go Velveteen Dream just because some of the stuff has come up recently uh, with him, whereas Tessa's is kind of starting to pass, and um, I don't hear too much blowback from AEW starting to talk to her. There has been some, but not as as much, I think, as what uh, Velveteen Dream was because uh, he was also slated to come back, and then all of a sudden that got shut down real fast. And it is a shame for WWE to – I think they were grooming him to be a great superstar, and it just it, – it, it sucks. Yep. I, me too. I agree with you. So uh, the next thing uh, – um, but before we move on, I, I want to ask a real question before I actually look this up, because I didn't look at our doc at all. Is The Miz really injured? I was going to bring up tragedies, Um, so I'm going to give you a moment to process this. Apparently, in the zombie lumberjack match... Which was a tragedy in itself. Which was a tragedy in itself, much like most of Monday Night Raw. (laughs) uh, Damian Priest landed awkwardly on Miz's knee and apparently damaged... I don't know if it's a full tear, partial tear, um, but he injured Miz, and Miz is going to be out for, I think, minimum six to nine months is what they said. So... Andy, let's lead off with you. Do you need a moment of silence? Are you going to be okay? <laughs> and what's your thoughts? When he comes back in November and uh, he helps uh, whatever team we wanted to win Survivor Series, I just want to point it out again. He did, uh, he can take six months off and he's still going to be the most underrated wrestler. Anyway, so now that now uh, now that I know what's going on, let's continue. To, let's again talk about tragic news. Uh, New Jack has passed away. Um, un- unfortunately, it happened. Uh, you know, about a week ago. Um, again, that was it. Was really sad for him to go, but uh, I'm I'm glad that they did. Uh, he he was got, got to do some stuff on Dark Side of the Ring, so uh, I thought that was really nice. Uh, kind of something to uh, you know remember him by. Um, Aaron, do you have any thoughts from New Jack? Um. <sighs> Yeah, this is one of those, uh, the shades of gray, right? Like, New Jack was so instrumental with ECW. He was, you know, like, like when we see think of ECW, most likely, like, top three is, like, RVD, Sabu, like, Dudley Boys, right? Like, most likely, you know? And then you have, like, Sandman and a few others, right, Tommy Dreamer, Tommy, you know? Yeah, there's so many that, that are there that are the mainstays, but then you have, like, the second and the third tier. And New Jack was definitely one of them, you know? And he was, like, I mean, he was ultra violence for sure. 
And there are so many things that he would do, the balcony dives, and just that you go like, oh, my God. Um, but, you know, there was there was way more that he had done in the world of professional wrestling. And Smoky Mountain was one that he was really involved in. Um, the the big thing and this is kind of the unfortunateness of it all is that um, New Jack is uh, for a lot of people might be most remembered for the mass transit inc- incident, which was at ECW and as a kid who was part of this match. And it, it was it, it was bad. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring had done an excellent uh, program on this. It's one of those things where you see, and New Jack wasn't very remorseful over the whole situation, which is like, eh, you know, because like you kind of ruined this guy's life. And like the guy ended up dying young, family like split apart. Like there was a lot of really bad stuff that that came from it. Um, so it's like one of those like New Jack, it's that shade of gray, right? Where do you separate the person from the character? And if you you can, like, how how much are you able to do that sort of thing? So um, I'd say that's my, my feelings on New Jack. You know, like, not like I'm not happy he's gone. Not by any means, you know. Um, so uh, don't take what I'm saying as that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it, it's it's interesting, I would say. You know, like I said, when it comes to separating the character from the person. And and I, I, I will agree with that. And the one thing that uh, I, I will say, though, um, he tells it how is it how it is. That's the one thing I, I can actually say about it. And when he talked about what that kid did, he made a point that I actually I agreed with. He goes, he knew going in that kid knew going in that he was lying about his age, and he said, "I want you to do it." When he said to cut up, cut him open. That's a weird thing because I would never let anyone cut me open. But, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I am sad that he's gone. And like I said, you know, I many probably the top ten ECW moments. I think he's in at least two of them that I can think off the top of my head. So nothing but a uh, nothing but positive things for him. So um, R.I.P. Uh, I think uh, you know I wasn't big in the new Jack when he was in ECW, uh, but after watching the Dark Side of the Ring, I had a new perspective for him. And it it one of the things that I've noticed with the new uh, the Dark Side of the Ring is you really get to see these people out of character for the first time where they're not being their, you know, it's, it's not kayfabe anymore. They're not being who they, who they were. And you see a different side of them and you realize that they were truly lost in their character. You could say, uh, that they became their character and developed into their character. And that's, that made it much more believable. And they always say that the uh, successful wrestler is somebody who has that attitude and then, boosted up to uh, you know an 11 so that's what he did and if you want to judge success of wrestling by that uh he was a very successful wrestler and uh you know it's it's, it's sad to see you know wrestlers die that you, you you watched and you know and i think he did have a little bit of redemption but uh you know he he did what he what he loved and and loved what he did yeah i mean kind of Follow up on what Aaron said. New Jack has a complicated legacy. You know, he he's not going to go down as this ultra villain the way someone like a Benoit will. But New Jack wasn't a good dude either. Like to be quite honest with you, he had a propensity for taking matters into his own hands when he felt disrespected. There's an excellent article on the Ringer that talks about I think it's three or four different instances where he intentionally went out there with the intent of hurting his opponent, mass transit being one of them. Um, there's another one where they're doing a scaffolding match and he tries to throw the guy and hurt him and break his uh, neck or collar. You know, I think he's disappointed that he broke his collarbone and, you know, it, and it was usually because the guy had said or done something wrong. He's like, okay, I'm going to teach this, you know, colorful language, a person, a lesson. And so like new Jack is instrumental for the ultra violence that kind of signaled um, what ECW was kind of all about. I definitely appreciate the redemption story, but let's also be honest that the man was a flawed individual. This was not a saint. This was a bad person at times. I'm not going to say he was bad all of the time, but he had a propensity for hurting people in a way that really a wrestler should never cross that line, in my opinion. Sad to see him go. Um, definitely a tragedy, but he did, like Doug said, he was himself turned up to 10, and that's what he'll be remembered as. All right, so let's talk about the great pay-per-view WrestleMania backlash, because I guess that's a new term. Um, but something interesting that did happen, um, I'm surprised, but Ray and Dominic became the tag champs. I mean, 
Uh, Roger, did you think that when Dominic came out that he was going to turn? So let me be very clear. A, I'm never going to call it that. It's always backlash. That's just stupid. B, I will start caring about the tag team titles when WWE starts caring about the tag team titles, and I defer the rest of my time to someone else. <laughs> this is a moment. This was a good moment in the fact that you have a father-son uh, becoming a tag team nowadays, but only a matter of time before they have trust issues. Uh, but I, I think this was just a let's make a moment, let's make a statement, father son. Uh, they were building up to this, and it was just inevitable that it was going to happen. It's just sad that they're probably going to lose them really short to the Usos. All right, so I would uh, I was going to talk about how crappy this match was. Um, but I uh, I feel bad because the Miz is uh, going to be out for a while, so yeah. Aaron, uh, Andy, Survivor team. Series or Royal Rumble for the Miz? Oh, he'll be back by Royal Rumble no matter what. I believe. What, what, what would you rather have him come in? Like Survivor Series as a mystery, you know, a partner, or Royal Rumble as a, like number thirty? Let's say. I want him to come out at number ten, and then just have him go ten. That's it. No, I would like to have him come out, but I don't want him coming out 30. If they're going to do it, you need to have it when a bunch of action's going on, not when it just all of a sudden dies. Just have the action go on and then have something big happen, and then they said, five, four, three, two, one, have this come out. Yeah. And have the, the old awesome thing, so when he comes out, he pushes it to the side and comes out. Yeah. Anyway. Can I ask the three of you a question about the zombie match? I feel like we frequently ask, is this one of the worst decisions that we've made in the last 10 years? <laughs> Where does this rank in the list of, because we've talked about this. I know maybe only two episodes ago, like, on this decisions they've made. I think it was Wyatt losing to Orton. And before then, I think mm-hmm. it was Orton burning Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Are we saying, is this top three, top five of the decade? All to- Like, where do we place this historically? Uh, mm. Wow. I mean, there's been some. There's just such a long list of bad ideas. I still don't like the fact that you had to take you had to take the you had to take the belt up to the ladder. But that's that's not the, that's what I'm talking about though. Um, that's TNA, I think. So. TNA, Correct. Actually, that's, but, uh... but still, uh, the triple tier cage. I mean, as no, a... the triple tier cage was amazing. All right, yes. you watched that, and it was amazing. And you're wrong if you say it wasn't. Roger was 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 it amazing? Like how Street Fighter is amazing. <laughs> Street Fighter two, no, the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. What a great movie! They need to reboot movie. that immediately. Oh yeah, John Claude, and just do it word for word. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say this with the zombie thing. I I think there's a time and a place for gimmicks like this. Halloween Havoc. I had no problem with it. I really had no issue with. Uh, who is it? It's the Dexter Loomis summoning zombies to attack Cameron Grimes. It was funny. I laughed about it. Ha ha. Good chuckle. Fits with the theme of the pay-per-view. I have no idea why, why zombies were involved. Is Damien Priest like a, an actual dark priest or something? No, it has everything to do with Batista and his new movie coming out on Netflix this Friday. Uh, was it day of the gone of the day? Or Army something of the like dead. Or Army of the, the dead. dead. Yeah. So it was a crossover for Netflix. Yeah, basically. And and I guess that's my biggest question of is this a failure or is this a success is how much money did they get for it? It was a drop in the bucket. But uh, so my my issue with it is not even the fact that there were zombies. It's you do one of two things. You have to go either all in. These are real zombies. They're going to eat you or these are wrestlers dressed as zombies. It's kind of a fun little thing. It's a fun little gag. You know, like that's what we're doing. You played it in the middle, like like no, you can't. Like you, they killed John Morrison. Like, huh? But like, he showed up on Raw. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, didn't I mean, they at kill Rey Mysterio after Black last year at Money in the Bank? Didn't they throw them off the building? Yeah, yeah. And then okay, they showed up the next night. Unscathed. Just one tier. Just one tier of the building. I mean, you never saw him come down, right? You know. I, I yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, Vince so, could have been down there catching him. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, so it, yeah, God, no, I'm just saying. Look, here, I, I, we we have our Discord up now. Now, we're, I, we're, I mean, we're talking about worst ideas for WWE. I think that's got to be 
one of the top ones. Wait. So I think I think in Discord we're gonna need to create a new channel called WWE's Worst Ideas. And within that channel, we're going to start listing them. And then we will compile a top 10. We're going to take a look at the 500 or so that we come up with. And we're going <laughs> to compile a top 10. Katie Vick is going to be up there for sure. Yeah, cool. You know, that's a top five easily. But zombies burning somebody alive, um, you know, losing, uh, you know, having uh, Bray Wyatt lose to Orton at WrestleMania. Like, just like there's so many like absolute gender Mahal's like, main event push. I mean, that's terrible. too. You know what, though? That, that's coming night. back. Yeah, Jinder Mahal's not even a top ten. That 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 is so bad. Hard it's not even to a top disagree 10. on that. <laughs> All right, when, when when we go through this list of things, like missing on Samoa Joe, missing on EC three, there's going to be so many things that we're going to come up with, and we're going to say, "Wow, yeah, Jinder Mahal number eleven, you know." And we're like, "Wow, there's ten worse." Like, let me tell you something, buddy. <laughs> let me tell you something, brother. You you know what the funny thing is? <laughs> I, I did it already. WWE worst ideas. It's already it's already on the Discord. Armbar. So <laughs> <laughs> that was one of their best ones. <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, unfortunately they had they just screwed this thing up. I I just I I'm at a loss of words for that. So anyway, so Doug, I got to ask, what are they going to do with Bobby Lashley now? Well, now that you had WWE WrestleMania back Lashley, yeah, oh, God. I went there. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's pretty. <laughs> end the show, Andy. I'm done. I, I can end that. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, like that's like. All right, let's go. No, I'm just kidding. Come on, yeah. then. I, I, I'm not sure what you exactly do for for him. Uh, just due to the fact that you've had such, uh, you know, the, your your top people are already been gone through. You had Drew McIntyre. You had Braun Strowman. Unless you're bringing somebody over from SmackDown to to really wrestle him. You haven't really built anybody else up to a main event level. Um, it looks like as of Raw, they were <clears throat> going to push the Kofi uh, feud again uh, just to try to get him back in the title match. I don't know. It just seemed, I guess, silly and forced. Um, but I think this is the one of the bigger problems with WWE is once you have your, your big guys clash, who's, who's going to step up next? And they don't have anybody ready uh they they don't do the long-term booking in the aspect of okay he's going to go through this person he'll go through this person and then we'll we'll eventually build up back to this person or this will be our next big guy or this will be our next big push but it just you know it's it's kind of hard i don't know if you're waiting for a SummerSlam brock lesnar uh thing and we just got to suffer until brock comes back or uh, if you're just going to have to go into a quick mode of we need to build up somebody really, really quick to get him there to try to beat the end boss in Lashley now. Yeah, I think this is the problem with having the two separate brands. It works when you have so many superstars like back in like oh three or whenever it was they did the first brand split. It made sense because you had like the NWO, you had uh, Lesnar and you had Austin and Rock and like you had all these major names that like, guess what? You're not going to get as n- enough airtime for sure. And, you know, they did. They obviously the split went away. It's, it softly went away and then it went away completely. And then they brought it back. And, you know, unfortunately, like Reigns, I love what they're doing on SmackDown with him. And I love the fact that I had a match with Cesaro. I think that is fantastic. Um, but like Reigns versus Lashley. That could be very interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have McIntyre that's part of that, and you have Strowman that's part of it, and then Cesaro gets moved up a little bit, and you have Rollins. And guess what? You have a main event like six there. You know, right now, I mean, neither program has like a main event six. You know, they talk about the SmackDown six, and you don't have that. You know, you have like three, you know, and it's just like with tag teams, you know, like I think it's great. You have Usos and New Day, and then you have like maybe this other random tag team, but when they're just, you know, playing hot potato with the tag titles, it's like, well, I, that's not interesting to me. And I think this is the problem. The one thing I would do, you know, if I'm fantasy booking in, if if I could, I would throw as much money as possible at Brock Lesnar and do Brock versus Lashley at SummerSlam. You know, I you know Mania would be great. I don't think that he'll have him hold the title till Mania. But like SummerSlam, you want that marquee match that like, oh, you got to see SummerSlam. I would, I would like if SummerSlam was anywhere near me, I would totally go. Like I would be like, I want to go to SummerSlam. I want to see this match. This is going to be huge, um, you know, and I think Lashley, you know, he's he deserves that match, in my opinion. So, like, I would throw as much money as I can at Lesnar. Yeah, I mean, 
this is kind of the problem of having two divisions when your company is relatively thin. Like really, Aaron's point hit the nail on the head. You've got instead of a SmackDown six, you've got three. You just don't have the depth. Honestly, what's next for Lashley? Probably McIntyre because I don't know who else is built up. Like I just don't see it. He didn't take the pinfall, so you can reasonably say I didn't get beat. Yada yada yada. But I mean. It's just the Kofi thing's cool. I don't give him uh, more than a 0.1% chance of beating Lashley. The idea of Lesnar versus Lashley is great. I don't know who plays the face there, but, you know, that's fine. Um, not a big deal. I just – the only reason I would be hesitant about that is that I really think Brock versus Roman is coming at some point. And if you're going to do that, you're going to keep Brock strong, which means he beats Lashley. Now, that's fine, right? Like title versus title at Mania is one great match. But – yeah, I just I, I don't think they've done a good enough job of building up the other people so that there's someone next in line, especially on the face side, like especially on the face side. All right. Yeah, that's that. I agree. Um, next thing we need to talk about is Doug. Are you head of the table now? Or who is? I should be. I should be the head of the table. I mean, that's all I got. I'm sorry. I just, I, yeah, I, but Aaron, I, I got yeah. a question for you. So, so who is? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I think that's part of it, right? Is that, you know, this piggybacks off the Lashley thing where, you know, you have a few people who can go for it. Cesaro and Reigns match, you know, by all accounts, it's good. You know, it was 30 minutes long. Like, that's great. You know, and also to see like Reigns kind of kick it up a notch. That's great. I, I'm, I'm glad to see that this is somebody who now we're not, you know, talking about how terrible of a wrestler he is and how he's not listening to the crowd. You know, like he's doing exactly what is expected of a heel and of a monster heel. And I think that's that's what you want. Uh, the problem is that, you know, Reigns has just kind of destroyed everybody. You know, uh, I mean, he. You know, you had Brian and Edge at Mania. He beat them. You know, he's beaten Cesaro. Seth Rollins is, you know, a bad guy. You're not going to have them face each other, at least not yet. You know, and Rollins has no, there's there's no, like, indication he's going to turn face at any point in time, you know? So, like, him and Rollins is, uh, two two heels are just, like, it would make no sense. So, who's next? I don't know. I legitimately don't know. Goldberg. <laughs> Could there be another? Could there be another person that Spears that could be next, Roger? Yeah, you know there is a guy, oddly enough, who does do the spear. He won the Royal Rumble, and yet I haven't seen him since WrestleMania. So logically, he could come back and continue that feud with Roman. I'm obviously referring to Edge at this point. Um, let me go back to something you said because you brought up uh, Rollins as a bad guy. I actually don't see a reason why Rollins and Reigns can't clash because two bad guys with those kind of super egos where they have a history. Like Roman has pretty much dominated almost everyone he's beaten with the exception of Seth Rollins. Rollins has a history of taking him down. Um, they're one of the few people, I think they're met even be the only two besides Triple H to have beaten uh, Brock Lesnar at a WrestleMania. Like that list is relatively small. So a SummerSlam match where Seth Rollins is the number one contender and you've got, you know, uh, Drip Rollins with his ridiculous suit versus the head of the table. I'd watch that match. Their matches are good. They have great chemistry together. So I, I could see it happening, but much like what we said on Raw, there's just not enough. Biggie right now should have been built up for the last three months to be one of the next potential contenders in line. We already saw Kevin Owens. I don't need to see him again. Seth Rollins, they're kind of slowly building that up. That's great. But there should be four or five people like a Cesaro who are standing there waiting in line so that when Roman destroys X, the next guy's ready to step up to the plate. And I have no problem with what Roman is doing. He's actually been doing some of the best work of his career. I'd even argue he's the best character in WWE right now, hands down, Raw and SmackDown. But you've got to give him the dance partners. It's the same thing we said with Becky Lynch. You can't, you know, and not that Cesaro's not a, a great dance partner, but I don't want to see that match five times. I want to see that match once or maybe twice. I want to see Brian once or maybe twice. Move on to the next guy. Biggie's perfect. My he he should be the next guy who steps up to face Roman, especially with their history with the Usos. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, I will say that I like I like the fact that they wanted uh, I, I like the fact that they've been ho- actually kind of hiding uh, what would you discussed, Roger because I I mean at the point where is Edge like and they they kind of stopped it at one point so now we can continue it like nothing happened so awesome so 
Doug, AEW. Can you explain what's going on with Kenny Omega? <clears throat> you mean your current and undisputed TNA slash Impact Champion, Kenny Omega? Yes, that Kenny, Kenny Omega. How he's uh yeah. He's a dual champion. Or wait, wait, isn't he doesn't he have a couple more belts right now, or is it just uh impact? He's also the triple A champion, I believe. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, I mean, so what are your thoughts about that? He's able to uh, kind of just sh- show the belts on you know a couple different TV shows. Well, I thought it was interesting because I mean they've not shown the AAA belt; they've only mentioned it in a couple times. Um, but to, to and there was a little bit of controversy of this because they had uh, his uh, little lackey Naka 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 Nakazawa carrying both of the TNA and Impact champions. Um, and a lot of people took that as a disrespect to TNA and, and Impact. So uh, I, I don't think it was that bad. And in fact, I think it's a better heel move to, to do something like that. Um, so it's just going to be that much better to uh, for when somebody does beat Kenny Omega uh, and takes the, the, the championship back from him. But uh, as of right now, he's, he's starting the... Uh, the belt collection and it's only a matter of time uh, with everything that's been going on uh, with new Japan or possibly ROH and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. But I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit more excited. I really wish it was uh, moose that he took the title off of instead of um, slapstick. Uh, I don't remember what his name is because it does not matter. And and goes on from there. I think this is a good thing for uh, TNA and also for uh, AEW. And TNA, I think they did their best pay-per-view in the longest time for buy. So, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely uh, helped them out a lot. Yeah, and I, I want to point that out, too, because, like, you know, all right. So Impact Wrestling's on Thursday nights now. Um, but at the time, I don't I, – I had no real interest to watch Impact Wrestling, but – as an AEW fan, if I wasn't watching Impact Wrestling, now I'm going to have to watch because I want to know if he's going to drop the belt then. So I think that's good because you get cross-promotion, and I think it's smart to do. But um, I know that one company will probably never be able to do that. Um, now, Aaron, do you do you like the fact that he's able to... He's an AEW ro- roster, or the AEW wrestler, but however, he's also going to a couple other promotions. I mean, do you think that this is the right move to do? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I, I one, one of the things I had mentioned before is whomever uh, defeats Omega at, at Impact is going to be a made man, you know, plain and simple. Uh, right now, Moose had won the number one contendership, so it looks like Moose versus Omega will happen at some point in time. And Moose beating the AEW champion is a big thing. You know, that that's a really good thing. It really does help out both promotions. Omega is giving exposure to Impact, and also he's looking like he is the guy. He is absolutely the man. He has belts from all these different promotions. You know, we're going to talk about in a little bit. He might even get some more belts from from a few other promotions, which is really great. Um, you know, I the one thing I will say, I like what Omega is doing. I don't think we had talked about early if he, you know, potentially could be a, uh, a shoo-in for wrestler of the year. I don't think he's wrestler of the year yet. I think what he's doing is great, but I don't think he has reached that status, at least for me, you know, and this can be different for everybody. Um, but I think that Omega needs to have some really good dance partners. And right now, you know, look, him beating Rich Swan, who cares? I, I mean, like, I hate to say it, like, that was a foregone conclusion. This is like, you know, the, an undercard of an undercard for most promotions. And you beat him. Great. Um, you know, and we had a, a double or nothing. He's taken on Orange Cassidy and, pa- and Pac. I'd have much rather seen just Pac. Orange Cassidy, I like. I don't like Orange Cassidy in that spot. You know, personally, I think Pac versus him. I'm like, oh, this is going to be an exciting matchup. He has a chance to lose. And I know with a triple threat, he still has a chance to lose. You know, Pac and pin Cassidy or vice versa. Um, but I, I prefer the one on one, you know, and Orange Cassidy could be a, a dynamite match. But that's, I think, the biggest thing with Omega that I would like to see a lot more of is um, I would like to see him with some main event level talent. And I would like to see that main event a show where it's a must see. Uh, like with the TNT title, we're going to talk about it in a second, Miro versus Darby Allen. I wanted to see that match. 
you know, uh, Gargano versus Bronson Reed. I wanted to see that match. It was the main event, and they hyped it up. And that's what I want to see a little bit more of with Omega. Uh, Kenny Omega, his run so far, and I was looking forward to his run, but much like the ending to Revolution has been very underwhelming to me. To be quite honest, I just I have been expecting the guy I saw in NJPW, that best bout machine, the guy who's going to go in there and give me six star matches and change the way that we look at wrestling criteria. And it hasn't been there. Like, to be quite honest, it it was an okay match against Ambrose in a match that I didn't think they should have done. I mean, I'm sorry. Rich Swan is a match that should happen on Dark Elevation. That's not a main event pay-per-view match. That's him versus Moose. That's the kind of match I want to see. That was a match I think he could have turned Moose into a star. Rich Swan is a cruiserweight champion. Like that's that's like him fighting Leon Ruff. I just don't care. Um, and I hope I really really hope Omega turns it around and he gets to light it up with the guys. And to Aaron's point, I, look, I love Orange Cassidy. He shouldn't be in this spot. I want to see a one-on-one match. I want to see him versus Pac because Pac, I think whooped him i think he made him pass out or tap out and then they had that great iron man match i'd love to see match number three this be the rubber match and let those two go head to head but as far as omega goes boy i hope this rain turns around because i'm gonna be honest with you based on the expectations that i had going into 2021 he's in the discussion for most disappointing of the year for me wow okay so what are your thoughts about uh miro uh winning the uh, tnt title I think it was great. I don't think Darby Allen is hurt by this at all for a couple of reasons. For one, the attack was very smartly done. Like, I love the way that Paige and Sky attacked in the previous week. And he'd been in defending that title on a crazy schedule. Like, they made a good job of pointing out the same thing happened to Cody, where you keep defending that title every other week or every week, and sooner or later your body gets worn down. And Miro came in fresh and just beat him to pillar to post. Right move. It's time for Darby to move on. He's, you know, he's been in the main event. He's getting good ratings. I'd be fine with him challenging Kenny Omega in a dynamite match for the title. Like that's where he at this point belongs. He can start building himself up to main event level. Miro needed this title. You know, they talked about how he's been underwhelming. He hadn't really done anything. Well, he's done something now. He came in and destroyed a guy like Darby Allen. I want to see him in those big matches. And I want to see him against that great mid card. I'd love to see uh, him and Brian Cage hook up. I can't wait to see him and Lance Archer hook up. There are so many guys in that undercard. I'd love to see him and Ricky Starks hook up. I mean, right. They just got a deep roster so he can, he can run that television division, TNT division, whatever you want to call it for a few months. And then the guy who beats him will be super over. So great move. I, I actually want to see him and Kip Sabian like, give Kip Sabian a TNT title shot and let Miro just absolutely beat the crap out of him. Totally fine with it. I think it was the right move. I love what they've done with him. They've already used him better than the E did, except for the night he came out in a tank. Uh, no, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I love Darby Allen. I think that, you know, one of the things, and it might sound like kind of interesting because, you know, I absolutely hate Marco stunt, but like, Darby Allen has such charisma and he's a guy that like you see him and he's the underdog that you want to root for to do well in. And Marco Stone is not that guy. Yeah, you know, he just isn't. And Darby Allen is. Um, you know, he he is somebody that I think I know they're not gonna like, you know, put the company around him or anything like that. But he's he's one of those guys, he's the Jeff Hardy, you know, he's staying comparing with him. You know, that sort of thing. Uh with that said, I I uh, echo Roger's thoughts. Miro Winning um, was the smart move here, and I think that the matches he's going to have are going to be fantastic, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Darby Allen moving on to something else I think is going to be a, a good thing. And you know what? Him and Omega, I say you get that match ready to go, schedule for a few months, for probably a few weeks down the road, and I think that he could do wonders. I agree. So, Doug, what do you think about uh, they're finally letting the former Rusev... Uh, uh, put some gold on around his waist. I think they could have done a little bit better to build him up to get to this match. Uh, I think this is a uh, eventual outcome that he becomes the TNT champion, and I think this is a great way to build him up to become, you know, a possible AEW champion. Uh, I just wish there was a little bit more build up to the match and a, an actual feud between Miro and Darby Allen instead of the. Uh, the whole idea that uh, I think Darby and Allen and Sting have been taking on um, Scorpio Sky and, and somebody else and Ethan Page. Ethan Page, yeah. 
you know, it, it, it looked like there was just too many feuds going in and at once, which is the amazing thing that AEW has that problem that they're kind of convulsing multiple feuds into, you know, simple little matches, whereas WWE can't do one feud, you know, with, with you know, they just keep doing all these matches of, you know, we're going to see so-and-so face so-and-so for the 10th time. Uh, for for the title this time though, and or just some you know stupid gimmick where at least they're mixing it up, but then they're also running into okay. So does the Dark Order come out during this match, or does uh, you know the Pinnacle come out during this match, or does somebody else come out during this match that has nothing to do with it, or just has partial things to do with it? So I think they just had a little bit too much going into this match, uh, and not enough feud between Miro and Darby Allen. But I am happy to see that Miro has a a title. And I think he'll have a very successful run uh, as the TNT champion. All right. So what do you think about um, the, uh, what did you think about blood and guts, dude? What were your real thoughts, Doug? Blood and guts, uh, I think was a great match. Um, I actually don't have as much of an issue with the whole, the, I guess the only thing I had a huge issue with is when I think it was JR that even said, uh, that concrete floor, and then you see the padding. It's like, I'd much rather you just, I mean, I'm glad you have the padding because that's a dangerous fall. And even with the padding, he still dislocated his elbow, which having done that before, it hurts. So um, I have no problem with the padding and trying to be safe. It's just don't don't oversell it on the commentary saying that it's a, a concrete floor, or a cement floor or something like that. And and completely, you know, giving up the, the the kayfabe there. I don't. I, I liked that match. Like it, it felt more like a a classic war games match to me. Like you know, I like the one that NXT does, but that's definitely their own spin on it, their own variation. Whereas this was definitely something you could have seen the Road Warriors and Dusty and all of them, right? Like it, it's like a direct lineage to it. I had a couple issues with the pacing of the match. For one, I love that Dak started, but there's no logical way to me that the second guy in isn't his partner. Like that just was strange to me that they put Sean mm-hmm. Spears in that spot. Like, like basic tag rules, right? If partner A is in, you put partner B in so they can team up and isolate and work on the guy when they have the advantage. Um, and boy, the inner circle, it felt like they just dominated that match. Like, to be honest, it seemed like unless the pinnacle had the five on four or four on three or two on one, they were constantly getting whooped. Like they just, I don't know that they came out of that looking um, to be the inner circles equal, I think it came out that MJF is just smart. And by smart, I mean he got Jericho up there and threatened to throw him off, which, look, they built that up far longer than I think they needed to. It should have been very clear what was going to happen. That could have been a quick thing. Surrender, I'm going to toss him off. Okay, we surrender, you idiots. And then he chucks him. Instead, they kind of went for this like long, drawn out, is he going to, is he not? It's like we knew it was going to happen. And, I, you know, like Doug said, I have no problem with it. Do the padding, right? But don't lie to me. Don't tell me that it's concrete. Like I'm not an idiot. We're not going to throw Chris Jericho off of a cage onto concrete. I mean, it's just – there's no need for that. Um, also, blood and guts to me should be a feud ender. Like when you have that match, mm-hmm. it should be over. I don't know that you should then be going into uh, Stadium Stampede, which is more of a comedy match in my opinion. That's the way it was played last year, and that's the feud ender. Like it feels like you got this backwards. You should have done Stadium Stampede first, and then blood and guts is like the okay, you lose, you're done. No, I mean that's that was my biggest thing was the end because. That's what you remember most, you know, like we think about the barbed wire exploding death match, which was just like whatever, but like the ending and it was like that that was the explosion. Really? That's what you're doing. Same thing here. Like you don't show you don't show what like when you're watching a movie, you don't see the person laying on the crash pad, you know, like they should not have shown Jericho doing that or it should have been all black. So that way you had no idea that it was, you know, what he was landing on. So that was my biggest thing, um, you know, there. It is interesting that they're going into Stadium Stampede 2. Um, one, I like the fact that it's not a it's not a yearly thing. I was not expecting it. But the fact that they're going to it, it's like, oh, that's that's actually pretty smart. I could see them potentially breaking up the inner circle, but most likely not. This probably has a few more legs on it, you know. We're probably gonna see this going a little bit uh a little bit for a little bit forward. Um with that said, I did like the match. I really, really, really hope they do not do this yearly. You know, we have 
WWE with Hell in a Cell uh, coming up this, uh, I'm sorry, WrestleMania Hell in a Cell backlash coming up this next month. Um, after that is WrestleMania Money in the Bank. The Money in the Bank, that's great. You should do that. Right, Royal Rumble, yes. Um, you know, and I was actually okay with TLC for the most part, but, you know, it just, it got long in the tooth and there were not feuds that were set up for these matches. Instead, at the, like, uh, uh, week before they're like oh let's just do that i don't want them to do that with blood and guts i really hope that this is not even a yearly thing this is a once in a while all right so um let's talk about something we usually don't talk about let's talk about some new japan wrestling so uh doug this is kind of a big thing so what happened to uh will so will osprey uh became one of the few uh i guess out uh, what is the word that i'm looking for Gaijin. Uh, Gaijin. Uh to win the New Japan Pro Wrestling title uh by beating Kota Ibushi. And unfortunately, during his last defense, uh he had re-injured a neck neck injury that is gonna take him out for a while. So he is going back to um Great Britain or United Kingdom to to rehab and and take care of that. And New Japan is one of those things. If you're not there to Defend your title, you give it up. So unfortunately, it has gone to uh, the most uh, most championship, most longest reigning champion uh, in vacant. <laughs> Doug, I have to ask: Do you think this impacted uh, some potential plans that they may have had? Um, as far as cross, obviously, this affected NJPW's plans. But do you think it has any impact on what they might be doing potential crossovers with AEW? I think it actually makes it even more interesting because it let's say you have um the uh the the tournament the uh the g1 climax g1 climax be for the title now and uh, now all of a sudden you throw in uh kenny omega or you throw in somebody else uh in, in uh from AEW or some other uh maybe ring of honor or somebody else uh, i think it makes it more interesting that they're going for a vacant title versus actually just beating one person to get the title to to claim uh, dominancy. So even if you had Kenny Omega in the tournament, even if he doesn't win, I still think that's a huge deal to, like, say he wins uh, one of the sections but loses the overall, uh, to say that he was that close to getting the title, you know, it just it, it will boost everything up. So uh, I, I think it would have been more interesting. I, I really would wanted to see uh, Okada versus Osprey uh, just to see what they were going to do for that since uh, Okada is and probably will always remain uh, their number one guy as long as he's there. Um, but to see Osprey versus Okada again would be would be amazing. Sucks for Osprey because uh, I think he had uh, what was it? Was it Island Empire or something like that? He had kind of formed that United Empire. Stable. United Empire, thank you. Um, Jeff Cobb, I believe, is in it. So, like, they looked pretty promising. Um, yeah, a, a tough break, but I also think it's going to be very interesting both in the immediate, because I think the G1 Climax now could be one of those, like, oh, you know, if anybody could win this, and you see a Kenny Omega, you see a John Moxley show up, and all of a sudden there's a lot of, you know, you could even have AAA show, you could have Andrade show up. You could do a lot of things where, okay, any of these guys now can be champions no longer about the briefcase per se. Um, that can be very interesting. I, I just am curious as to what they – like I don't know how much of a working relationship they have. You know, if, if the plan was for Omega to be at Wrestle Kingdom and try to finish his belt collection there, does, does he show up and just win at the G1 Climax and now you basically have him holding the title hostage? I wouldn't mind it. It would be very interesting. But – yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious and curious in a good way. Yeah, no, I echo your guys' thoughts. And I really like Will Ospreay. I think that he is fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, the bumps that he takes, like, I, that's the thing. You should not take those bumps. Just uh, plain and simple. Just please don't take those bumps anymore. Just, you know, you only have so many bumps on your bump card. And, buddy, you are um, you are so talented. And, like, we were just talking about Velveteen Dream getting, you know, like, out for one reason. Like, you know, there were some allegations against him. Don't get out for the reasons that like, oh, you know what? He was so good in the ring, but he just took these bumps. Now we can't watch him wrestle, you know? So close. Yeah, so, but I think it's very interesting, though. Uh, I, I really hope that they do end up making some type of partnership, though, with AEW. I think they would actually help them out, especially maybe get a couple more people that maybe were watching 
uh, AEW or Impact in this case. So, Are you a blogger or podcaster or you're just not happy with your web hosts? You need to check out HostGator.com. You're going to find web hosting made easy and affordable. HostGator offers unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click script results of free stability, hands on the best control panel out there. Stop by today and try your free demo to see... To see how easy it is, and if you use a special coupon code off the mark, you're going to save 25% off your web hosting packages. So what are you going to lose? Check out HostGator.com and take a bite of your web hosting costs. Also, make sure you check out 686's off the mark page. Click on the banner at the top to save big on items from WShop.com. So, Aaron, our monthly topic, we're going to kind of go over our midpoint uh, awards so far. So yeah, there's something that uh, Roger had brought up, um, which I think is a, a great thing to do, which is to talk about, um, you know, like we're partway through the year and, you know, one of the things I know that a lot of us like to do is we like to put in where we are currently at with certain things in particular, you know, uh, there's been matches that we really like, and then there's been, um, you know, wrestlers that we have been like really digging on. So I think that there is, um, I think that this is a, an opportune time to kind of talk about some of the things that we've been digging and to potentially, you know, give a preview into what uh, December is going to be like for us. So, Roger, with that said, uh, I imagine that there's some people that you want to kind of uh, give a shout out to or some people that you really uh, enjoy. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to go over one we already talked about. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm pretty sure these two have this award locked up. It's a two man race. I'm not sure who could be close to Velveteen and Bray Wyatt from Fall from Grace. Like, at this point, I don't even think there's somebody who could have six months to catch those two. And Velveteen's got a very clear lead at one. Um, If we're talking about newcomers, I really think MSK has probably got that award locked up based on the trajectory they seem to be on. They've just been real fantastic in NXT, in my opinion. Um, And they seem to be getting that rocket push to the moon. Those are the easy ones. Uh, oh, one more. Worst feud. I can't imagine anything's going to top Fiend versus Orton. That was so bad. So bad on so many different levels. Um, I, that 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 feud has two or three different awards it might win, and they're all bad. Biggest disappointment, worst feud, fallen from grace. Um, on the positive side, I will say the women, I think that's going to be very tough this year i think there's a lot of women who are going to be in this discussion bianca belair io shirai raquel gonzalez has a very good point oscar's going to have a very good point ray ripley is going to probably have a discussion sheeta Britt baker um who did who beat Britt in the uh uh thunder rosa yeah right um serena deep like it's a deep it's a deep division and i think that's very good that's going to be a very tough decision to decide on i think the men's Again, I never would have thought five years ago that Roman Reigns would be in contention for best wrestler of the year. And I could not in good conscience say that he is not in the top five right now because his character has been fantastic. He's doing good work on SmackDown. He's getting the right dance partners. Um, I love what Gargano is doing. I love what Finn is doing. I've actually really my favorite wrestlers in AEW have been Moxley, who I think has been fantastic, still not being the champion and Hangman. I love that he's been kind of that guy who opens the show and puts on a fantastic match with anybody and everybody. So it's just, it's good. There's some really good stuff right now. All of it is going to be NXT SmackDown and AEW and NJPW. I can tell you there aren't going to be any awards from raw unless we're talking about the negatives. (laughs) I I 100% agree with you on that. The one biggest thing I will say in particular is when it comes to um, wrestler of the year, you know, if you look at SmackDown, I think that it very clearly is, it, you know, we have Reigns. I mean, that's he's going to be the one that most of us are going to gravitate to. If we look at Raw, I mean, Drew McIntyre probably. But like that's that's not like, you know, that's not that close. Really, it's probably AEW is going to be a wrestler of the year or Reigns. That's about it for me anyway. I would have to disagree in that just in the aspect that I think it's just unfortunate that uh, the injury happened. But Will Ospreay's had probably yeah. the best year up to this point um trying to look at matches of the year too uh so i looked up metzler's ratings and of the top four will osprey has three of them he has a six star a 5.5 star and a 5.25 star match already this year and that's just i mean like i said that's the six months worth of work and i don't see too many people probably topping uh, those matches for Metzler and it, it just so, you know, maybe his six months worth of work is, is good enough, but it's, it is one of those things that's got to be all year round. And, uh, I think, yeah, you know, your, your women's division is like Roger said, it's, it's so deep this year 
that there's just so many that can uh, pop out at you and, and have a great year. Uh, Bianca Belair is the one that really pops out, though, by winning Royal Rumble and also winning the, the championship. Uh, as long as she stays on a, a positive run, I, I really don't see her losing too much ground and, and being a, a top contender for the the award this year. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, there's been a lot of highs. There's also been a lot of falls. Uh, but hopefully we still have a lot more wrestling to go. And so I, I will say I have not seen any Will Ospreay's matches based on what Doug said there, uh, especially like six star. Like, yeah, I know I, it's silly to do six stars, but um, I'll watch that. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll change my opinion. Sadly, like I haven't seen much in JPW matches. So like really what I've seen is like WrestleMania and then like AEW matches. Um, you know, there's been some some decent NXT ones. <sighs> I mean, the match that stands out, this is not my match of the year. The only match I can think of right now that is standing out to me was at WrestleMania and seeing Rollins and Cesaro. And that is not a match of the year. It isn't. That was a three-star match. It was a it was a good main event for Raw or SmackDown. And that's the only one that stands out to me. And part of it is because of the pandemic, you know. Um, but I think what you know, what Doug had said with Osprey six star, I'll watch that and then I'll, you know, I'll have a different opinion. I think this one is my match of the year, and just because uh more it might not be the greatest match. Uh, but I think it, it had the biggest surprise of everything. And we have crapped on AEW's women division for a long time. And this is the match I think that turned everything around. And that being Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker in the unsanctioned match. Uh, that was a great match to just, just watch and enjoy the whole time. And I think the, the surprise of it too, being, I didn't have that high of an expectation of that match, and it just blew everything else that I've seen out of the water. Um, I, too, have not really seen much of the New Japan wrestling matches. I've seen the results, and I've seen some highlights of them, but I would really like to watch the whole thing to get a – because I think you have to watch the whole match to get a true definition of match of the year. So uh, that is something I definitely will be doing, too, um, before our final conclusion of matches. Yeah, Andy? I I don't really have, like – I think I'm not, I don't know if I really have a match match of the year. Um, I, I mean, like there's, there's been like, you know, Aaron did point out like the Rollins and Cesaro match was really good. Um, uh, it, it wasn't like, uh, like, Oh yes, but, uh, it was still pretty good. There was one though. And, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was on raw. Someone put on like a match that I was kind of shocked about how good it was that I had to rewatch it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not really like one match, but, uh, if I had to pick a number two wrestler, though, I would have to regrettably say Roman Reigns is definitely that guy. And it's mostly because it's actually been a decent storyline, and I hate to admit this. So It's come a long way since Clothesline City. That yeah. is true. That is true. But it, So it, let me say that... Oh, go ahead. Andy. I was going to say, it's not the matches that are much better. It's just the character has actually been decent. Like, the storyline's been decent. And it's not like... Mm-hmm. He, was just given it. it. It seems like he worked towards it, which is weird to say still, it's still weird to say to me, but you know, yeah, that that's, that's what it is. And then I'm just going to say Britt Baker, I think is the rest the woman of the year so far. So I actually like that. They kind of did what Paul Heyman always did, which is hide a weakness and turn it into a strength. If Roman Reigns is going to wrestle a certain style of match, turn him into a heel that wrestles that certain style of match. So if he's just going to be dominating and overpowering, don't have him doing stupid comeback babyface stuff. Have him grinding people down with chokeholds and clotheslines and punches and just kind of being vicious. When, and I think it works for him. And I, we said for years, right, you turn Roman heel, the guy could be the best heel in the business. And he's arguably the best heel in the business right now because you just hate him. Like, I don't love seeing him. I want to see someone beat him. I want to see Brian beat him. I want to see Cesaro beat him. But it's not go away like I don't want to see my TV. I want someone to pin you and I will go crazy when they do. And it'll be great. That's good heel work. For my money, and, I, and let me say this with a caveat, I haven't gotten the chance also to see the Osprey matches. I really want to watch them, especially the match where he beat Abushi. Um, I heard really mm. good things about that. I only saw the highlight finish, which was cool. Great, but you can't judge on just a highlight. Um, the match, the only match that I would say stands out to me as a match of the year candidate was, I believe it was from TakeOver Vengeance Day. 
and it was the North American title match. Gargano versus Kushida was amazing. I The moment I saw that, I said, that might be the match of the year right now. And looking at what I've seen discounting NJPW, because I haven't gotten to see all of those great matches yet, that to me, as far as America has been, North America has been the best match of the year so far. And I loved it. Like, I could watch that match again and, and still love it. No, absolutely. I think that that's really good. And, um, you know, there is... We still have some months of wrestling left. There's still so much more that's going to happen. Money in the Bank, we have SummerSlam, which I think are going to be two really big events. SummerSlam, I was just reading that it looks like it's going to be in Vegas, um, and it's going to be in front of a a crowd, which is great, um, supposedly. Uh, So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some really good stuff, I think, um, that we're going to see throughout the year. And I imagine that we're probably, our our match of the year is probably going to be closer towards the end of the year than it is towards the beginning, is my guess. Just, just because uh, people are going to be showing up in uh, arenas now? I, I think the crowd is so important. I think the crowd is like infinitely better. Uh, any match is infinitely better with a crowd and the oohs and the ahs and the wrestlers being able to feed off of that is so important. Uh, and I think that that's why, that's why I would say that I, I imagine it'll be... Um, we're going to see match of the year probably August, September, you know, December maybe. The way Meltzer feels about the Tokyo Dome is the way I feel about a crowd. It just gives it that extra two-star bonus. <laughs> I don't know a better way to end the show than that. <laughs> all right. So that's all the time we have for this month's show. If you're into the Twitter, you can follow show at Altamark86. I want to thank 86 Productions for hosting and editing the podcast. And I want to thank all of our listeners for taking the time to download and listen to the show. And for Doug Hahn, Roger Cave, and Aaron Hughes, I am Andrew Hughes. And until next time, I'll see you in the ring. Oh,